Ladies and gentlemen and variations thereof, welcome to the Selective Lorecast, a casual Elder Scrolls podcast. My name is Rotten Deadite, and with me today are... Um, I'm assuming this is me first, and I haven't actually checked the order. Oh, so you job. do your job, and it all fails. <laughs> I do the only thing I have to do. <laughs> I was waiting. That's James, James, also known also as Arimithius. <laughs> yes, thank you. And I am Felix, also known as Banuhana Masaishi. And I am Lejavion, also known as Icefire Warden or Al Hathor. Uh, and uh, if, if you've been watching this cast or listening to this cast for very long, you'll know that every time Periide comes up, we run for the hills to find IFW. Uh, <laughs> and we're, we're really glad he's here. <laughs> yes. Um, and that, cause that's what we're talking about today is Periite. Um, Periite being a, uh, a, a, a daydream you don't hear about too often. Um, thankfully he's in basically every mainline game and he does have a good amount of activity in, uh, uh, Elder Scrolls Online, but compared to other, uh, let's, okay. Compared to Shiagorath, there's barely anything happening with him. Um, yes. one thing I do want to mention before we do all of this is I just want to put insert my little pet peeve here and say that Periot is also a great example of what an actual dragon looks like and not a goddamn wyvern. Skyrim. <laughs> As if this Four wasn't and nerdy wins. enough, you just had to get that in there. Oh, yes. oh I just want to turn the, oh, it bugged me so much. Those aren't fucking dragons. Um, anyway, uh, cause I'm that nerd. I'm that nerd. Anyway, um, so Periite mm -hmm. is a, uh, I, um, some, one of the thing, one of the sort of like titles that likes to be assigned, by the way, he's got a bunch of titles and they're hilarious. Um, the Taskmaster, which I think is fantastic, which refers to, uh, Periite's sort of domain of like the, um, what I guess you could call the sort of functionality of, um, the little stuff, you know? Like sort of, um, if you imagine, if you imagine how uh, your entire high school would have fallen apart if there wasn't a janitor cleaning up the place, that's kind of the way I think of Periite. He's 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 like he's the oh you know what he is he's the uh, um uh, he's the uh, what, what was the term they were using for them um uh, the essential worker of, of Elder <laughs> Scrolls. He's he's the person who the entire world would fall apart without. He's the Daedra that the entire world would fall apart without, but he's also the least respected. Um, and, uh, irritatingly. So, um, also, uh, the Blighted Lord, the Lord of Infection and Pestilence, the Bringer of Disease and Pestilence, the Lord of Natural Order, the Daedric Prince of Pestilence, the Master of Tasks, and because ZeniMax Online Studios employs, uh, Tuttle, who will not be, uh, who will not be outdone by anyone, the Lord of Abundant Puss and Bountiful bo Vomit. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. So, right. yeah, that's a good one. Um... <laughs> I really, really appreciate Periite because he's uh, like I, I do this rant very often, especially during the Daedra Daedric princes. But he's one of those princes who represents what I consider to be a fundamental function of reality, which is uh, the idea of yep. pestilence and infection. And um, the first thing that I want to start with uh, in an effort to completely derail the conversation. Oh, by the way, I forgot to get to the mail. Um, yeah. I just realized, James, I forgot to do the mail. We're actually supposed to do that first. So you know what? Casual yeah. podcast. Casual. Let's yeah. just do the mail. <laughs> yeah, cool. Fuck that intro. Let's just do the mail. <laughs> um, we got yep. sent a mail by, I hope he doesn't mind me using his name, Jake Sanghara. Mm -hmm. Which is probably dead-ass wrong, but I'm going to go with that anyway. 
who um, I'm going to summarize because it's a very good email with a lot of stuff in it and a lot of really good questions. Uh, but uh, he was asking, uh, he was he was replying in response to our uh, question about the failed anatomorphic event between Clavicus Valmafala and Nocturnal, and we were having trouble deciding whether or not Skyrim's main quest line had an anatomorphic event or not. And uh, Jake feels that it does. And his argument's pretty good, which is that uh, for the base game, as it stands currently, Alduin is the king, Parthenax is the rebel, and our dragonborn is the witness. Um, that's an interesting interpretation. There's a lot more to this. I'll get to it. But the first thing I want to start with is uh, the idea of the player being the witness and not the prisoner, which the intro to almost every Elder Scrolls game would tell you that the player is a witness is a prisoner not a witness and in some cases like for example Morrowind very hard to argue otherwise but for games like Oblivion and Skyrim it starts to make more sense I think we've made the argument before I think that Oblivion uh the main character can be interpreted as being the uh observer and not the not the prisoner and I think you can say similar things for uh, The Last Dragonborn, which is unfortunate, in my opinion. Um, since I'll do, But in this particular case, Alduin is the king, and I don't think many people are going to argue with that. Um, I mean, you could, but, I mean, you know, you could argue with anything. But, <laughs> but I think in this particular, in this particular triad, um, Alduin is probably the king. That's fine. Parthenax as the thief... Well, I mean, who else is it going to be, guys? Uh, I would argue that um, The Last Dragonborn with Parthenax as the witness. Yep. Because Parthenax is choosing to help you become what you are meant to be, um, and so on and so forth. So and Parthenax... potentially, gets, potentially gets killed for his trouble. Right. Mm -hmm. um, Betrayed, yeah. if you will. Yes. By the thief. Um yes. And I, I have to say that probably the crux of Jake's argument is that Parthenax fits the um, fits the thief role mm -hmm. because he's acting. Uh, well, uh, let's see here. Uh, Parthenax is the rebel because if he is still alive, he will become the new voice for dragons to follow the way of the voice, whether they wish to hear it or not. This can arguably end up being the requisite betrayal. And we should become the king, but Parthenax steals it like a thief from us. This is an interesting idea. Mm -hmm. um, because Skyrim doesn't really have, in my opinion, a proper ending for The Last Dragonborn, um, th it does make sense that Parthenax will at that point take over the... Because Parthenax seems to be basically saying, I'm going to take over teaching Thum. Uh, or really, if you think about it, kind of continue to teach Thum. Since he's been... Just influencing the graybeards for some time he's just taking a different bunch of freshmen yeah <laughs> and um and there's definitely i will say that i will also say this in favor of this argument there is a it's hard to tell exactly what it's well, it, well you can you can make arguments but it's hard to get a really firm grasp of what it is exactly that the last dragonborn gains at the end of Skyrim, if not just the ability to continue living because Alduin isn't destroying the world. 
Um, it's just it would be a, a little bit. It would be a little. It would be a much more clear cut argument if the the last dragonborn was actually gaining something. But um, anyway, um, if Parthenax is dead, I still he uh, uh, Jake continues. If Parthenax is dead, I still think there should be an antiomorph within the ro roles being Alduin as a king, the dragonborn as a thief, and Oda Ving being the witness with the requisite betrayal being Oda Ving taking us to Nordic ruin. Um, my reason for making Odaving the witness is this voice line, watching the skies for Alduin's return or yours, depending on the Dragonborn, which does make a lot of sense. Odaving does seem to be the witness for, at the very least, the last, um, fight, the last encounter between, um, the last Dragonborn and Alduin. Although, that line also sounds like he doesn't know what the answer's going to be. And the witness not knowing the answer feels a little dicey. Well, and, and also the, you know, the sort of enantiomorphic principle of the two towers, one and one, uh, being completely indiscernible is important there. Maybe Odaving is saying, I can't tell the difference between you and Alduin. Yeah. One of you is going to show up and I don't know who, who it's going to be. You know, I won't be able to tell. So maybe the answer lies with how the main quest ends uh -huh. with Odaving and I think other dragons responding to the death of Alduin. Uh -huh. Who do they declare king? Is it the Dragonborn or Parthernax? That's a good question. I don't know if they do. Mm. They still attack you afterwards. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> they're, they're still running around being pissy. Yeah. So, so one assumes that it's neither. Really. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. That's He's interesting. Yeah, it's it, yeah. I mean, well, yeah. if it was political, then it would be nice if we got that explanation. But it'd be nice yeah. if we got a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Um. What does this have to do with period? None. We got an email. <laughs> yeah. We, we just want to answer someone's question to the best of our ability, which right yeah. now is proving to be like, hmm, this is actually a really good question. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I think the, the, the problem that Jake is dealing with is a problem that everybody who uh, tries to examine Elder Scrolls metaphysics reasonably closely runs into with Skyrim is that there isn't really a clear cut um, role that's uh, created and there isn't a very satisfying ending period. But also, there isn't like a very satisfying ending for that metaphysical uh, conflict. Um, there's a there there is an ending. It's just with the main quest, it just sort of peters out, you know. Um, and right. um, um, and there's a lot of really good reasons for that. Uh, I always, 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 always take the uh, the meta, you know, uh, um, feel and uh, and just end up uh, talking about things like budget. <laughs> because uh like uh, I, I mean the, a lot of game developers have said this in interviews very very few people actually finish games um if you actually look at the steam uh achievement statistics for skyrim you'll notice that uh a shockingly low number of people completed the main quest um it's hmm. under 20 percent, if i recall correctly uh yeah it's very low right um, but i think that also runs into a separate question i don't want to get too off the rails here but I think that also has to do with the fact that um, in RPGs, and also probably it might be a trend that's continuing, they don't really care if people make 
the main quest because the idea of an RPG is that it's supposed to be an open world, do whatever the fuck you want. So why put so much effort into a main quest if you know more people are going to want to do other things? That would be sort of my Mm -hmm. argument for why things feel a little short. But to bring it back to what you were saying earlier about what the the last Dragonborn gained um, Mm -hmm. from the the ending of the main quest. If it's not, you know, being recognized as kingship or like Lord of the Dragons kind of thing, um, an argument could be made that what they gain is access to the halls of Sovngarde no matter what. True. Okay. That makes sense. And that is accurate. So, they do tell you that they'll welcome you when you when your time when their time comes. Yeah, that kind of so stuff. it's kind of like that's not insignificant. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like, hey, look, Lorcan gains a loyal soldier. Like, it's mm-hmm. well, very weird. Few, again, very few Nords can say that they know for sure that they'll end up in the halls of Sovngarde when they die. Very few Nords can say that. Um, yeah, and, and if especially if you're playing in 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 in, uh, in Skyrim, if you're not playing a Nord, that's <laughs> that's even more question. You know, mm. um, Matthew, you're right. Sixty um, percent uh, of people think there's an, an anti-morph, but it's actually just none. It's just a typical player character quest giver bad guy format that RPGs always take on. Yeah, that's that's the best way to explain the anti-morph is that it's a very basic legend telling structure. Um, it's like the heroic myth reduced all the way down, like boiled all the way down until there's like nothing left in the pot. That's the bare minimum requirement for a plot line is you've it's, got it's somebody who has something, leftovers. you've got somebody who wants that thing, and then you've got, but really, honestly, that could be it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's Joseph Campbell with the serial numbers filed off. Oh, way filed off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, um, and so yeah, Matthew, you're absolutely right. It's, um, it, it's just a, it's a basic storytelling structure. And, um, that's one of the reasons why I like it so much is because, uh, I mean, you know, like metaphysics and this kind of conversations, these are, as Kirk Bright put it, this is the game that we play between the games. And this is just <laughs> another, this is another fun thing for us to do, you know, and uh, in, in between yep. plot lines, uh, in between releases, I should say. And let's yep. face it, we've got quite a fucking long time before Elder Scrolls 6 comes out. So It's why the metaphysics has developed so much since <laughs> Skyrim, because we've had so much time to go down the rabbit hole. We're, we're so bored, Todd. Todd, yes. we're so bored. <laughs> Thank well, God for okay. Zenimax, otherwise I'd be going out of my fucking mind. <laughs> I would also probably just be trying to craft way more Redguard lore, but anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah. also, um, I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, at, at some point, we've eventually got to start calling this a, Zen- a an Elder Scrolls Online podcast because there's yeah. nothing else to talk about. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I really ought to just start seriously, really, really seriously taking apart Elder Scrolls Online lore because there's buckets of it. And I'm obviously not doing the doing them a, a, a you know, a fair credit by, uh, yeah. Uh, because they've put tons of great work into that game, and I'm not doing a a good service to them by yeah. um by failing to read about it. That um, that can be your resolution for the new year. Lord knows yes. this year is almost over. That's a good point. Um, yeah. What, <laughs> one one last thing though about um just as I've been mulling it over in my mind about um Parthenax and Alduin, Rebel King and Antiomorph. Um. Is there a distinction then between what happened in the past when Parthenax rebelled against Alduin and what happens, you know, thousands of years in the future 
with the with the dragonborn does that change anything at all because for sure if you look back in like the age of heroes and when they banish the dragons away alduin is for sure the king Parthenax mm-hmm. is for sure the rebel <clears throat> and i guess if you want to make an argument for it um the people who uh banished alduin into time they're the collective witness maybe and they paid a price for it. like there there is a bit of an argument for that there yeah. Um, but then yep. in terms of the modern day, does that mean that Parthenax is the king having like taught um, upon Snowthroat and guided the Greybeards, and then Alduin is actually the rebel in this instance because mm. he's come back to reclaim what was his? Yeah. Oh, it's the it's the rebel's return. It's the whole mm-hmm. thing that Naz originally put forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When, yeah, and when right, and yeah. it's, yeah, so it, it's in fact change? what's happening is that is that. Alduin is showing up before he's supposed to show up, or arguably before he's supposed to show up, maybe not, and uh, and trying to instead of eat the world, he's trying to rule the world, yeah, which is not what he's supposed to be doing. Similarly, the rebel is not is a rebel because he's doing something he's not supposed to be doing. Um, so yeah, I mean it's 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 fuzzy, um, and that's good news really because if it was really clear cut, then it would be boring. Um. <laughs> Um, anyway, let's, let's, let's stop wasting IFW's time and talk about Parrot. Yes. <laughs> um, the first thing yep. I want to run past you, uh, uh, is, um, a very basic question that I always like to bring up because there's a lot of arguments in a, mo- a lot of different ways, but do, is there, are there microorganisms in the Elder Scrolls universe? Uh, it's kind of implied. I know mm-hmm. that the uh, one of the reasons why it's uh, kind of in a more of a concrete idea is, is in one of the Lord Master archives they mention uh, Daedrons being a thing that exists in Oblivion, mm-hmm. and they're kind of like these little mic. I'm guessing that they're like these little microscopic shit starters that kind of just yeah. rip open the <laughs> realms and you know just cause you know bad shit to happen that you don't oh, want yeah. to happen in Oblivion, and Perry's the one that has to keep them in line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, the the Elder Scrolls equivalent of Gremlins. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what they were doing with that large Adron Collider. Um, <laughs> they're, they're all really just super tiny goblins that we can't see, and they're really angry. Like <laughs> all the time, they're just pissed. Yeah. They're just cussing the Opus Storm the entire. I can see them now, just fucking with people's stuff. Um, and that's uh yeah. uh. So, but um, that actually, I'm, I'm glad you pointed out that it's Periot's job to keep them in line because that's one of the th- cool things I think about Periot is that he's not the lord of, I'm going to infect, every, he's not Nurgle, I'm going to infect everything and cause all kinds of disease and shit. He's the, he's the taskmaster, he's the, he's the lord of natural order. He's about, I mean, Nurgle's mm. all about order too, but he's all about counting, you know, diseases until, you know, insanity. Um... But what's great about Periot is that he's about making sure that things happen properly. And sometimes infections are proper. Infections are needed. Yeah. And, uh, and, um, okay, do we have any example? Like, I'm trying to think, aren't we sort of microorganisms when we go into the Clockwork City? Uh, okay, that's a good question. But to bring it back to, to Periot and stuff for a hot second, um, mm-hmm. I really liked um, the Khajiit quest giver in Skyrim and how he explains an aspect of Periot's purpose, which is that um, when you have 
um, a disease or wounds, you know, when you're coughing, you're sputtering, you're dripping mucus, you're vomiting, you know, the pus is gross, but it's there for a reason because it's part of the healing process, right? right? Mm -hmm. And so it points mm -hmm. to how this sort of gross, um, sort of unsavory thing is actually vital to ultimate health one cannot exist without the other mm -hmm. and i thought that was really cool and worthwhile to point out it kind of yeah. makes it seem like periite is not necessarily a bad daedra but a necessary daedra exactly and i also want to touch on the fact that beyond being the taskmaster but about the natural order that again brings us to talk a little bit about Ifre or jeffrey or however people like <laughs> to pronounce his name in a multitude of ways uh -huh. I've heard Joffrey once, which Ooh, will no. haunt me forever. <laughs> and yeah, um, So Yiffer. which again, if you're a furry, someone's ears mm. perked up. Anyway, yes. um, that again sort of strikes the chord of so who's really in charge of the natural order here? Is it Ifre who gave down his life to become one of the main earth bones to allow a natural order, or is it? Period, who's saying, all right, I need this bacteria in this location by this day, or else there's going to be hell to pay. Mm -hmm. It's it's an interesting concept. And so I'd love to mm -hmm. hear LJ's thoughts on that and that relationship. Well, a lot of things, a lot of people don't realize that Perrier is actually a nature god. Right? And he's yeah. okay. a... Because with the thing about the natural order, it's one of the things I've had to talk about in relation to in relationship to Jigalag a lot because people get confused, is that Periyte is more about equilibrium. He's yeah. kind of like the embodiment of karma in the universe. Mm. And one thing happens, mm. another thing has to happen. Yeah. He's, both, yeah. he's both the cause and the effect. Mm. So sure that he does infect people as part of um, pestilence, as part of his spear, but disease is just one way that he kind of goes about doing that. Mm. In essence, he's kind of like it's also one of the reasons why he's also the god of task and ordering, you know, the lowest orders of oblivion because he has to make sure everything has a purpose. Everything that's done has to be for a reason. It just can't be like spontaneous stuff. Hmm. <sighs> making yeah. sure, making sure that the that the gears of the world continue to operate smoothly and are oiled. Pretty much. Yeah. It's um one of my favorite things Ooh. from ESO lately is the Reachman stuff. Yes. Where oh, it actually, where if you, um, there's a series of book called the great spears of the reach where they, um, talk about Namira, Hirstein, Periyte and, uh, Lorcan or the Reachman call him Lork, which I am. And I'm going to always be fucking irritated about that because yeah. that, that <laughs> ruins the entire naming scheme of the God of man for the Manus cultures. I don't mm. know why they gave him a elven name, but you know, that's, argument for another time but they essentially form a kind of almost oversoul in the sense of life and death in reachman culture mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. lorcon being the god of death and then piercing being the god of life in the sense namira being decay right. and then periyte being the balance between life and death okay oh okay all right, yeah. I'm I'm liking what you're putting out there. Also, I think I might be able to slightly answer why they gave an elven name is because I think it is established in the lore that the Reachmen sort of got their early magic start thanks to the Dereni and the Orcs. 
Oh, so that definitely might the Orson. Why yeah. it comes from like an Elven perspective, mm-hmm. <laughs> at, at least in terms of of the name. Obviously, a Manish people and are of a more Manish belief, but they're apparently still kind of like under that cultural influence uh, sphere, I guess you could say. Mm. Yeah, the, um, the Orsinium, I think, DLC has um, yeah. a lot of quests about the Reachmen and how they've been kind of aping, you know, culture off of the orcs for like hundreds of years or something. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and yeah, so that would make yeah. sense. Yeah, and... Um, I just want to get um, my ears immediately pricked up so with similar thoughts to Tojiri. Uh, I'm not going to try and pronounce the rest of that. Um, but to, <laughs> to, 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 to someone in chat saying yes, yes, but sure, um, because mm-hmm. yeah, because that's the that's the opposite. The Bretons are the opposite of Reachmen in that case because they've got a corruption of sure um, who they view negatively, right. as opposed to a corruption of Lorcan, which is viewed positively. So. Language. Yay! <laughs> See, I would. Ex- I like that train of thought. I just can't mm. fully accept it because they kind of implied the Reachmen were actually cavemen. Right. So they yeah. really have a lot of early elven influence comparisons <sighs> to the yeah. Bretons, who are actually more or less hybrids. They're, mm. they're basically yeah. trying to make the Reachmen more like actual needs oh. that just slowly inbred, like basically bred with other races over time, while the yeah, Bretons were actual experiments. Collect- and just collected a whole bunch of cultural influences <clears throat> along the way. It basically gives it gives the developers an excuse to say, "Well, the Reachmen think this, whatever yeah. th- this being whatever cool thing the developers want to have at the time." Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of the one of the fun things that I like. What uh, that I, I really enjoy when it ha- this happens in Elder Scrolls Online is every once in a while you have the opportunity to ask somebody about like you know like their culture or something. And they'll say something along the lines of, "Well, there's a very good answer to that, but uh, we don't talk to outsiders about it." And it's kind of like the 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 lore writer's equivalent of going, oh, I'm not going to touch that one, or we'll talk we'll dis- we'll talk later, or something like that. It's like okay, okay, <laughs> you know, it's it's like, I'd love to tell you, but we're out of budget on voice acting. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, the uh, I actually uh, crap, who was it? Somebody? Uh, oh, um, the idea of Par- Periot being the Akatosh in the next Kalpic cycle, um. I've heard that somewhere before. Where did I hear that? Was that that's from a Oblivion summoning day, and I hate it, or a Oblivion summoning day? And oh, and you I hate it. Oh, I like the idea. <laughs> like, well, okay, to, like I, I can understand the hate for it. I really can. At the <clears> same time, I do understand why there's people who like the idea or support it <clears> because <throat> he is the taskmaster, and what is the greatest task to manage but time? Yeah, right? yeah. Like mm-hmm. I can. I can get the yes. sort of causality of it, mm-hmm. but I understand how it's an affront to everything we know and understand <laughs> about uh, Elder Scrolls lore. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm pretty sure Perry just took the form of a dragon just as a giant fuck you to Akatosh. It's like, like, oh, mm-hmm. what? You're, you think you're some big dragon? Well, look, I'm a dragon. Like, so yeah. fucking what? Fuck you. Yeah. Well, uh, it's possible that's a little more deeper than that. Because yeah. years ago, you know, back when I was... Uh, a little bit more active. I, I was talking to MK about some stuff, and he's the one that originally told me that Harryite was the shadow of Akatosh, mm-hmm. in the sense that he was kind of like. It's always interpreted as he's kind of like Akatosh, but if he actually, you know, did his job right, since Akatosh doesn't really know how to fucking do his job, but mm-hmm. he's really shit <laughs> at it. <laughs> yeah, but if if you actually notice in a lot of the stuff that ESO is just slowly pumping out about here seeing the mirror. 
and their relations with Yifri and um, Lorcan is that they're also shadows of those gods as well. Like here, seeing yeah. the shadow of Yifri, Namira was literally basically born when Lorcan died, mm-hmm. and it's and the fact that they have Namira and Hirsin and um, Lorcan as their free great spirits alongside with Periyte, and then in their culture they attribute him with time and draconic energy and being the god of order and hierarchy, which is what the elves do with Oriel or Alkosh and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's a little interesting idea that they basically worship the basically gods that were that became into existence after the f- four main principles were already set for the world. Yeah. Um. Actually, yeah. this is um. Uh, Matthew just linked in chat. Um, Great Spirits of the Reach, Volume Four, which suggests. That um, Periot's role in the Reach in Reach society mimics that of Akatosh and Adric faiths in many crucial ways, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's an yes. interesting. I so that that's kind of another parallel there, but yeah, um, yeah, because they, their spheres overlap. Because um, mm-hmm. if Periot is associated with natural order, time is the absolute natural order, mm-hmm. and there's even some kind of thematic links there to a degree with. Disease, with disease, I mean more decay than anything else. Uh, the stuff that was talked about, um, but decay is things. amorous thing, right? Yes, yeah. Which is <clears throat> yeah. This is the kind of bit where all the daedra bleed into each other a little. Mm-hmm. Um, but periote being associated with balance and return to normality that comes with pestilence, pestilence and so on. Um, then that's also the kind of the way of time. Um, in in some ways that the wheel is always the wheel is always turning and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's um, it's Padmaic, but it's an ex- um, in which Akatosh isn't necessarily. Um, but it's an express. It's it's yeah. That that's kind of what that's what I'm thinking. Um, sorry, I, I was thinking pa- um, Periite as um, the Padmaic Lorcan and everything that implies. Mm-hmm. Or not the Padmaic Lorcan, Padmaic Akatosh. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. the Padam- no, not not Anuic Lorcan, Padmaic At- Padmaic Akatosh. Oh, okay, gotcha. Right. Yeah. There we go. All right, we figured yeah. it out. Yeah. If I get my words <laughs> ironed out, um, <clears throat> with, mm. because, because there is that because that way of overlapping in how they look at things, um, and because if we go to, at a basic level, na- natural order and time, uh, they, they all kind of share causality as their root and i don't know i don't know quite where to go from that whether 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 periite is on some on some sort of similar level to akatosh in some meaningful sense or whether it's just an aspiration for him or um or some third option that i haven't considered i'm not sure mm-hmm. yeah it's um it's important to remember, like I, I don't know, I I, I, w- I was going to expand a little bit on uh, a little bit more about the idea of um, what it means to be the shadow of Akatosh, but I, I think we've covered it. Um, that's a uh, it, it, it you know it throws me for a loop every once in a while when people use the word shadow to describe something because sometimes they uh, there are some writers who also use the word echo for the same thing, and I'm like no, mm-hmm. not the same thing. <laughs> one is sound, and the other one is. 
light fedora or whatever. Oh. Yeah. yeah, right, Matthew? Yeah, it, it's all... And then and then the young starts up, and I'm like... Oh, <laughs> oh here we go. Get your bingo cards ready. Yep. 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 But, yeah. Um, yeah, like, LJ, do you have anything to, to add on to that? In what sense? This is regards in the shadow thing? Mm-hmm. I guess, well, sure. I would say that it's, it's also interesting that you if you note that even though Perry doesn't have a lot of concrete, like, actual, like, text and stuff in regards to him in comparison to a lot of the other more popular Deja Princes, that he has a lot more subtle influence in other cultures than they do, which mm-hmm. is, I think was actually really interesting. Uh, for example, in the Kinds Challenge books, there's actually a Periite shrine on in Somerset, which I always thought was really interesting considering that yeah. all absolutely hate Daedra. Yeah. But, you know, there's this really ancient, like, like they, they describe it as really, really fucking old shrine to Periite in Oradon that has depictions of the Altmer fighting the Slode. And hmm. then you also have in Craglorn. Yeah, then you have in Craglorn, he, um, uh, there's uh, the Needed Ruins there actually have the pictures of Perite on them, which is one of the reasons why I've been doing a lot more research into the knees in regards to the Taskmaster. Because when you start thinking about titles like the Parif or the Paravana for Elysia, you start wondering if they're actually older dialects or at least older terminology for dragon priestess or cults. Yeah, in Viridil that were related to Perite when he was worshipped in, you know back then before Akatosh took over in his place. So it's actually really interesting how Periyte is kind of like slowly coming into, becoming more of this obscure, older deity that people kind of just slowly forgot about over time. That he's kind of he's being more ridiculed in more modern day, but mm-hmm. in the, back in the old days, he's actually more actually more of a bigger deal than he is now. Because you even have in that um, Dragon Bones interview I did with Shik where I was asking about Periyte was uh, worshipped during the Dragon Cult days, he was like, that should be pretty obvious. <laughs> so that's pretty much, you know, that's kind of a given too. And then you also have the um, Shaldor, um links to Periyte, and, and Shaldor's insights is all about the immortality of dragons, that how he stole the secret of life from Akatosh, and gets even more interesting in regards to that, so... Yeah, although the what I picked up from that um with with the dra- with the dragon bones stuff was that Periite was more was more the usurper. If you go through um if you go through both those dungeons and look at uh, look at Zahn's evolution as a dragon priest, um she turns from her dragon, I can't remember his name. Um I, I really should, but um she um she tur- she turns from her dragon to worship Periite, um, which, I mean, per- Periite usurping dragon cults is a, is a beautiful, beautiful image. Um, and, but that's kind of suggesting that Periite is coming onto the scene and a, a late, later on, um, unless, unless it, there's a more permanent kind of war going on between Alduin and the dragons and the Periite cults and so on, that's, um, that's just something we don't hear too much about simply because Alduin won. Well, maybe, but I mean, what if the argument, what if it goes exactly the opposite direction? What if there's no fighting between these two cults? What if they're just sort of all the same thing? Is it possible ah. that there could be a condition 
a culture that exists that does not differentiate between dragons and periite. That's definitely possible. There's another line in uh, Kai's challenge where the Nord character, who's uh, a staunch believer in the oath fates of Atmora, um, says that kind gives Perigite the, uh, the ghost, uh, the spirits of skeevers, and I'm guessing other pestilent creatures when they die, which implies that Perigite at least has been tied with, with kind for a, a long ass time in Nordic culture. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just to fill people in on that, Kind's challenge was a writing competition that the Imperial Library ran. Was it was it last year or the year before? I've, I've lost track. Actually, Kind's um, challenge was a was it one of the ESO books that they released prior ah. uh, way back when. Oh, sorry. Okay, I'm totally off on that. Yep. <laughs> yep. Mm. Yeah. No, it does. It does. It kind of. It kind of takes Perry. It gives Perryite that psychopomp role. Um, in that case, for all of the for all of those lower beings, and it it extends the Taskmaster out to the lower orders of Nern and mm-hmm. the lower orders of Mundus, rather than just the lower orders of Oblivion. Now I think about Which- it. Is a weird thing for a Daedra to have. That seems very involved in the yeah. Mundrial affairs. Like well, I, 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 I get that you know the distinction between Aedra and Daedra are those who gave their energy to form the world and those who did not, but it just seems a little too involved. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. No. It's well. If you want, if you want to put it that way. Um, well, Aedra and Daedra is potential. The way that I would reconcile that is that is that the categorization is a one-time thing. That it's about what happened at convention, and not afterwards. The Daedra are perfectly free to get involved and muck around after the event, which would explain a heck of a lot of stuff on it on its own on its own terms. Well, especially if you use the old term of the arena, right? So if they're all players in the arena and trying to mm. win the game, as it were. Yeah. Oh, hey! Look who hey. joined! <laughs> hey, I'm way late. <laughs> <laughs> what did I miss? Like all, uh, of it. just about everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, five G causes period. You stop. The dog <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um. Mm. But uh, yeah, like to, to sort of backtrack ever so slightly, though, about um, Periite and Taskmaster and natural orders and things. Um, LJ, you said this part that really resonated with me about how um, there was this really old um, shrine to Periite on Oridon in ESO. The thing is, I'm pretty sure it's still established in lore that Somerset Isle, or at least... Um, the Isle of Oridon, whatever it was, mm-hmm. uh, long ago, and like there were coral towers and like old small villages that were heavily implied to have been built by the Slowed before the Altmer even got there. Yeah. So perhaps that's not so much an Altmer shrine, but an old Slowed shrine. That was the question that I wanted to ask, just to sort of backtrack a bit. Do you think that's possibly the case, or do you have a good argument for why it's actually the Altmer who built that? It's definitely possible. In the book itself, it doesn't really specify what um, culture built the shrine. I always assumed it was the Altmer because they didn't. I felt like it was a slow thing. They would have uh, specified that. Yeah, because of like slow and disease and 
like well, the canon flu and any coral or any any yeah like is is uh like Kepra tower in artam is the foundations were built by the slowed um and then there there are a number of other at least in lore i don't think we ever see it in game where there are coral structures that that uh were from a, a previous slowed colonization um but i mean if there's nothing to tie the slowed to that then Mm. Unless, and unless unless that coral was um, something to do with um, to do with the with the with the uh, the dreg or how you pronounce it the dreg. I've I've heard dreg, drew, draft, draw. They do pronounce it in fungal grotto, and I can never remember the actual pronunciation. Dreg, like like the dregs of dreg. The Drake yeah. and Josh. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Drag. Where's mm-hmm. the new Kalpa? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. It's, okay. Um, w- I, was, w- I was going to w- say, <laughs> instead of that, it was more like, um, where's the prisoner? <laughs> Because there's always a prison I, break. How I was thinking it's spherical. <laughs> it was, I, th- I thought oh. I laughed at that. I'm oh. dead that a little bit now. Either way, uh, that was a beautiful little moment. Anyway, yeah. Sorry, James. Yeah. You were. Saying, I was going to say, I is that? Um, I, I'm sure I remember hearing somewhere that um, that the um, that the um, the um, that the drag made um, things out of coral, um, as well as. as as well as the slow that some of their older, um, some of their underwater stuff was constructed out of coral. So, it, is it something from, is it something from them and or from a previous Calper? If we got want to go pro- full on tinfoil hat, no, and that that sounds like getting into leg stuff. Which oh, sorry, uh, Math, Math, Matthew Schroeder has put in chat and ca- they had castles of coral and glass according to the thirty six mm-hmm. lessons. So. Yeah. I'm imagining like ocean glass where it's like smoothed over glass pebbles and then yeah, yeah, like uh, walls of of you know like a single layer of ocean glass. Yeah, yeah. but no, the, any kind of connection with them worship, <clears throat> worshiping periite is going to be super tinfoil hatty, yeah. Um, yeah, and unlikely. But yeah, I'm not entirely sure because the thing that um. I always wonder because we know that Oradon, or at least first hold, was a was a, was a, was the uh, first place where the Altmer landed in Somerset, yep. which is actually old old arena lore that they kept. And the fact that they have on the shrine itself, it depicts the at least the Altmer or the Altmer fighting the slug-like creatures that are that are probably the slowed implies that they probably built it. And it was built during a war. So, I personally thought that was always interesting because it kind of implies if it was the Altmer that built it, then that Periate worship came from Almeris, which is extremely fucking heretical. But it's well, also like hmm, one of those things that, like well, I said, it, it kind of feeds back. There's not necessarily a lack of precedent because I mean we do have you know, the 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 Velofti Exodus. Who were following Daedra? I mean, what? Who's to say mm-hmm. there weren't other, you know, sects of of 
equivalent, you know, people instead of Veloff, it's someone else, and they they see Perrier as their ancestor or or something along those lines. Yeah. Well, I I, 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 I have a theory, but uh, James, please, uh, uh, you said you had a theory. Yeah, I I was <clears throat> I was gonna I've kind of had some rough um, head cannon that that um, that original um, kind Exodus for the Kaima was part of um, a wider. Um, it was part of a wider fracturing of Old Meris that I would probably date the Sijix to this sort um, to this point as well. That it was as the Oldmer started worshiping the ancestors of their betters, as the Pocket Guide puts it. There was a whole bunch of factions that just said, "No, we're not going to do that." So from that split off, you get the Sijix, you get the Dareni, you get the Kaima, um, and so it's possible that. We would get some periite worshipping um, Altmer I mean, as well. In there. They don't have to be popular for, yeah. for it been a thing. I mean, they could have just been, you know, a handful, a couple of families or something. You know, like it, nothing enormous, like mm. the the Velothi Exodus were. Yep. Yeah. So, um, one thing though is that um, it says in I think like uh somewhere online i'm trying to find it now but that um the altmer are gifted in arcane arts but it means they're vulnerable to magicka but they're pretty resistant to disease and so i'm wondering if maybe um the reason why periite like again i see it as being perfectly viable that that old shrine to periite may very well have been built by the slowed especially <clears throat> if it's implied to be super old like that would just you know, Occam's race, so that would just kind of make mm-hmm. sense to me as the most reliable explanation. But it could also be seen uh, to sort of go back to a point when I was going, you know, well, because if Period is the god of disease and the Altmer are resistant to disease, then early on, before that whole um, sort of societal and cultural shift towards uh, worshipping the ancestors of their social betters, there would have been many who openly worshipped Period because well, look, you know, he's given us resistance to all these diseases. What a good and noble Daedra who orders this hell that we call existence. I do. Bra- Bravo, Perry. You get Employee of the Month award. Like, I can see the Altmer doing that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah although, sure. <laughs> although, does that necessarily fit with Perryite's modus operandi? Because most of his followers, they don't celebrate an absence of disease they want disease to be everywhere is the only problem i can see with that okay that is that is true my ever so slight counter argument to that would be that um people worship different gods for diversity of reasons that Mm. fit the mold culturally See also the uh, the orcs of Orstinium who worship Trinimac, and they claim that Malakath is a false god. Um, the Bretons viewing um, Shior as actually kind of a bad god, as opposed to the rest of the men of Tamriel, except for the Red Guards, viewing him as a good god. The Red Guards having a very elven view of the world, despite being men. You know, like there's. I would argue that. Like it depends on the cultural context from where you come from in the Elder Scrolls universe. That would be my only ever so slight, mm. barely defensible defense. 
No, no, I think it makes sense. And there's also um uh there's also the 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 link to Nurgle, which I'm sure I've talked about before. Um but in your, uh, in, in, in your bingo there. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. In 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 forty k law, one of the things that kicks off Nurgle worship is a fear of is a fear of death and fear of disease. You you turn to the one who controls them to protect you from them, and and right. at the end, um, at the end, they're they're the ones that are still kind of bloated foot and with boils and everything else and embracing the whole thing. So maybe it's one will become the other in periite worship. I don't think we see a journey of faith of um of periite worshippers we only ever see people who are already devotee, devotees and wanted um, to spread it and everything well, else kind of so the thing about periite worshippers okay. is that while they do like disease you never see anything regarding like a fear of death from the meter <laughs> yeah. like the only time no true. i think the only time that as you could be like that could be applied is from the um the um the uh, the acolytes that are in skyrim the the afflicted yeah Oh, yeah, yeah. but otherwise, it's a little <clears throat> bit different than that. In in elsewhere, there's a public dungeon where uh, I think it's I think it's Orcrest, um, hmm. and it's been taken over. Like it's 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 been swarmed with um, Periite worshippers or or something. I can't remember what the actual story hmm. is. But the guy you talk to to start the quest to go into the public dungeon, he is a priest of Periite, and he talks about how great it is to have disease. And and you know to be, um, I wonder if I can pull up. He's, he's got some of the best dialogue in the game. I absolutely yeah. love it's. It, 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 I'm very. I applaud the authors of that dialogue for not going straight Baron Harkonnen on it. <laughs> like, yeah. <you> know. <laughs> uh, see, and uh, there's your Dune reference for everyone who's oh, also. Yeah, 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 there you go. Yeah. Fold in space. That's what we do. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's unhealthy preoccupations. Let's see. His name is Filbert CN. Oh yeah, that's the guy. Male pattern baldness and everything. Um, let's see. He says. <clears throat> let's see. Um Oh, the sacred scribbles of Periite have brought another aspirant to our holy fire. Would you like to hear about Periite? He may be the prince of plague and pestilence, but let me explain how that's a lot better than it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> And then you you say you you scribble. Wait, where are you going? <laughs> no, stop. <laughs> Come uh, back. <laughs> and then and then Empire responds with you scribbled those skeevers on the walls to recruit worshippers for a Daedric Prince. What better way to find true believers? Since Daedric worship is against the law, only the truly faithful would know that a skeever is one of Periate's sacred symbols. Well, that and the dragon, but I've never seen one of those. Um, aren't you worried about divine prosecution? Those gloried constables. Well, why would I be worried about them? I don't think any of them care about the wonders of Periot or the mysteries of the divine skeever, <laughs> unless perhaps a judiciously placed pamphlet or two is in order. Uh, <laughs> divine skeever t-shirt when Dexter dressed up like Jesus with the hair. Like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> that actually reminds me why the skeever is one of his sacred symbols. Oh, oh, here we go. If 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 you ask what his sacred mission is. He says, to show the people the sickening power of Periite and to bring more followers into the fold. Marthena and I want to find a way to prove that Periite is responsible for the flu outbreak in Orcrest. The abject terror will really help with word of mouth. 
Um, you know, really, intrinsically, Perry I worship's just a matter of marketing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Check it's, out these uh, t-shirts we've got. See? Yeah. Look, look, this one's my favorite. Perryite. He's sick. We put the four eyes in there. I think that's really going to sell it. Okay. So you ask him what's wrong with you. He says everything. My scalp is itchy. My bowels are irritable. My feet are caked in creamy fungus. Perry has bought me in so many ways. I want everyone to experience his sickening glory. <laughs> and then and then after you finish the quest, he says, you've done a great service for Perryite. If Tamriel ever falls to a deadly disease, it'll be it'll all be thanks to you. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's he clearly doesn't fear these things. Mm, he sees no. these as some kind of backwards blessing. Like it's, See, it's <laughs> Yeah, and, and actually Baka in in chat is actually straying a little bit close to where I was about to head with this, which is that this is that like the humorous aspects of Periite very quickly lead into Nurgle territory or, you know, yeah, yeah. or, or um, yeah. Uh, clan well, rats. You, and then <laughs> you have to remember that he's the nicest <clears throat> prince, but he has the worst reputation. He's yeah. very cordial and polite and he, mm -hmm. he's not very underhanded. He basically tells you exactly what he's going to do. Yeah. He doesn't say it in. He doesn't say it rudely. He doesn't try to force you to do it. He's just like, hey, I want you to do this. This is what you're going to get. You can either do it or you can't do it. I don't really care which, but it would be nice if you did it. Yeah. Be a and, mensch. <laughs> yeah. And, be a no, mensch. I, you know. I respect honesty from a day I really do. Well, they're hard to find. <laughs> honest day right? Looking, Looking at some of the other dialogue here, it looks like he was also present in Somerset. Oh, so. Yeah. I don't know if that's related to the Perrier shrine you guys were talking about earlier. Hmm. Well, um, there's that, but uh, but actually, I want to hear from Icefire Warden. He he dropped that bombshell earlier, uh, hinting at why the Skeever is so important. Like, did, yeah, why is tell? that? Yeah. Oh, because um, Skeevers are they're they're basically like giant rats, but yeah. you know, mm -hmm. there's there's a shit ton of giant rat creatures in TES, but yes. <laughs> they're like the more profound. The ROUS, yeah. I don't think and, they exist. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> But um, no, I, the, what, uh, only three of us have seen this fucking movie. All right, that's fine. All right, whatever. Okay, <laughs> I've seen it. I love it. Come on, rodents yes. of unusual size. I don't think they exist. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes. Uh, Sorry, yeah. <laughs> no, I was like just immediately went to Skaven and I was like, they don't exist either. But but with the skeever, it's. They're known as creatures that spread disease, that are infestatious. They they basically are everywhere in the world. But <clears throat> from one of the books I was reading, they also serve as the food source for a shit ton of people. Um, they yeah. help people survive. They help people to live. And that's pretty much the perfect um, representation of balance of Perry being a nature god, because he gives, but he also takes away. And when he takes away, he also gives back. Ooh. So the skeever, sure, is a, is a symbol of pestilence. It's also a symbol of survival. And it's the reason why I kind of... Endurance, yeah. Yeah. It, mm. yeah. It's the reason why, like, with Reachman culture, Valperiite, and the Mirror, and, and Hearsene, they're all kind of gods of survival. And <clears throat> it's just, it explains why people you know, hold the skeever as this kind of like divine symbol of him, but also what, you know, dragons too, because Periite is surprisingly dominant. He's fucking everywhere. His sphere of affluence is insanely large. 
is the reason why he's described as the most one of the most destructive princess mm-hmm. that exists. Because if yeah, he really like, wanted to, he could fuck up things really bad. Uh, he's like low key, uh, low not not low key. He's low key destructive. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and kind of representing both of the extremes there is kind of interesting as well. I was, um, if if we're talking about the natural order in all of the lovely social implications of that sort of phrase um Mm. yeah representing representing both um that very very structured the dragons are big are big are are big and all the rest of it and the and then you've got the rats at the bottom you have you have the top and the bottom you have a very very clear distinction between the different elements of how of how periite works i i uh i have a bit of a heresy about that that gets a little deeper with that okay all uh, right in terms of you know natural order and everything so i have this i have this thought and literally nothing to support it but <laughs> um sounds like one of mine <laughs> i like i like the idea of periite kind of being like the manager of the jills um he he keeps track mm-hmm. of where everything is supposed to be what the natural order is so when the dragon breaks he gives the Jills a list. Okay, here's how everything is supposed to be. Fix it. Mm-hmm. And then they go and do their thing. Um, He's like the and, consultant they bring in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, 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 that's, like at a, at a metaphysical <clears throat> level, I feel like I like the idea that that's his, that's his job. That's, that's mm-hmm. what he does. I mean, one of my, my favorite de- um, uh, descriptions I've, I've heard of him comes from a Reddit post from years and years and years ago. Um, where where someone was uh, describing all the princes, but in the most like eldritch oh, yeah. ways they could. Great post. I have that saved. Um, and he talks about how um, Periate is like a like a hooded swarm of rats with a clipboard and a pencil, and he's writing down just lists of things. Mm-hmm. You know, here's a teacup. Here's a jar. Here's a table. Here's a dead guy, you know, like just just <laughs> lists of things. And so, um, like I, I kind of threw that in there. So why is he making lists? Well, he's making lists for a practical reason to maintain the natural order of things, how things are supposed to be. And then when it comes time to you know put everything back the way it should be, um, you know, the Jills do the best they can. Well, we couldn't get this, this, and this, but and we kind of had to fudge this thing over here, and that's how we got the warp in the West. So. Um, yeah, Periot's like fuck it, good enough. Yeah, <laughs> we we can't for the life of us get anybody to agree on who's supposed to have Numidium, sir. I'm sorry, it's just not possible. And Periot's like, you know what? Fuck it, give it to everybody. All right, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> you get a Numidium. You get a Numidium. Everybody gets Numidium. You know it's what? You know what? We're out of budget. We're out of time. We got to hit this goddamn milestone. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't want another. I don't want another fucking scrum like... meeting. Let's just, just give it to everybody. <laughs> so is there anything else we need to talk about, Perry, before we go completely off the fucking rails? Uh, why spellbreaker? Yeah, because that seems like a weird mix. <laughs> because, yeah. because, right? I mean, it's Daedric. Yeah. I mean, it's a uh, Dwemer for some yeah. reason. Well, it's not, not well, the only, it's not the only Dwemer artifact. True. No. Because because we got um, uh, Volandrum as well. Um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but Malakath's an outcast who wasn't a proper Daedra to begin with, so that's kind of understandable that you've got yeah. a Daedric artifact that isn't a proper Daedric artifact to begin with. Yeah. Um, uh, so. Suck it, Malakath. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what? So yeah, what? Per- um, Spellbreaker is more of an anomaly as far as I'm concerned. Oh, it, it Whoa. Looks like- According to the UESP, Spellbreaker is also associated with Clan Rorkin. Yeah, well, Paradise associated uh, with Drimmer in a lot of ways. So I'm just going to throw this You're out there. I don't that. think I don't think Periite has anything at all to do with Spellbreaker. I think just for some reason or other, he just happened to have it on him. Like that's it. It's not any more complicated yeah. than that. He just happened here's to have a, it on him. Here's a spare artifact we had in inventory. Do you want? It? You know, yeah, here you go. Some guy um, died while he had this. I was yeah. there. Fuck yeah, it, he ain't gonna miss it. LJ just like give us a nice, yeah. LJ just give us a nice little like hint about something. Hmm? Yep. Well, there's two. There's two major, I guess, species that Periite is subtly associated with throughout the Scrolls games: Dwemer and vampires. Um, you got Spellbreaker with the Dwemer. You also like. The whole existence behind Spellbreaker is that it's implied that it was either forged by Shalador, who was already pretty much super heavy into dragons, considering that he wrote Shalador's insights. Yeah. Uh, or the Rulkin, who are a clan of Drimmer, or both Shalador <clears throat> and the Rulkin, which is why they had a fight over it. So, yeah, I was about to say. Yeah. And, and then it's. Um, and. Um, in Skyrim, we also have the fact that his Drimmer, uh, his followers are taking shelter in a Drimmer ruin. That it's implied that his influence has overrun because in that game, Perry is associated with once again nature and growth. He is his shrine is literally a dying tree. And then when you go into, I think, Barthazam or something like that's how I think it's how it's pronounced. Uh, uh, there's vines, Thardoms, Bathardoms. According to the Imperial Library, King Rorkin had Spellbreaker fashioned for him in his war against Shalador. Interesting. Uh, hmm. It was lost in the final battle and from time to time has reappeared in the land. Um, I mean, that's true of every Daedric artifact, but I don't see how it goes from Clan Rorkin to, to Peria, but because we know that uh, Zahn the Scalecaller also used Spellbreaker in the first era. Um, let me go back up. Uh... Yeah, uh, after being abandoned by her dragon lord, Zahn turned to Periite, earning her favor and shield before being killed by her dissatisfied followers. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, there's, it's, if it's not directly an artifact of Periite, I mean, it wasn't made by a prince, it's at least, I mean, maybe, maybe Periite was like, yeah, that's mine now, and I'm just going to keep it and do whatever I want with it, sort of thing. Like it's just a kind of on a whim, um, but I can't seem to find anything related to how you know anything otherwise. Um, Lines then get kind of squiffy because yeah, um, because um, James super spell- quiet again. Oh, okay. If spellbreaker, um, if spellbreaker gets um, very um, or hang on. I'll get my thoughts squared up because Spellbreaker then needs to go from um, the, needs to go from Clan Rorkin to Zahn or maybe the other way around because 
um, because it's it either goes from um because yeah no, no it's got to go from Clan Rorkin to Zahn at, at at some point, which implies that uh, well that um that the stuff that Zahn was doing with it is after the disappearance of the Dwemer, which is yeah. very weird. It means that the dragons um means that you've got you've got dragon cults after the Dwemer disappeared. Yeah. Well, well, and it specifically says that Zahn got the shield from Periate. Right. So, so I mean, it's not like Zahn picked it up and found it in a Dwemer ruin, and then okay. because Zahn was worshipping Periate, it became associated with Periate. Okay. It was given to him by Periate. Yeah. For her. I think Zahn's a female, actually. Yes, yes, Zahn is female. Uh, uh, which, I think, which I think is kind yeah. of... You know, yeah. I, you know, Dragon Priest, that's, that's awesome. We also had... Um, Flying Eel has pointed out something fantastic. Uh, that may- maybe magic breaks Periot's natural order and makes diseases uh, easier to cure. So that's a really that, good point. That explains the attributes of Spellbreaker. Yeah, um, and why Periot would want it. Quit, quit messing with my natural stuff, yo. Yeah. It also kind. It also vaguely adds something flavor-wise to the Dwemer, because they frequently get accused of breaking the natural order and all the rest of it. So well, they don't have any respect for it, so... Yeah. yeah. And so subverting their own um, their own creations against them makes... It, it's, it's poetic justice from a Daedra. If I can well, put it also, that way. I've always theorized that the Dremor and Perry would have had to have a lot more dealings than any other prince with the the deep folk at all because since he's the orderer of the uh, lowest planes of oblivion basically keeps everything together and has a, gives it a structure that the fact that they like to explore the outer realms means that he, they will have to come into contact with him sooner or later yeah mm-hmm. well that's true but also i just i, I had this sudden image okay. of how incredibly likely it was that the dwemer invented clean rooms you know <laughs> Like, I, I, it's a weird well, place for my brain to go, but I suddenly have this... I, I think it's because the Dwemer have a lot of those sort of, like, you know, gateways, you know, and uh, these arches in their architecture, and I've just got mm-hmm. this image of them spraying, you know, fluid down on, you know, steam and stuff down onto people, and... I don't know. Decontamination. Decontamination, yeah. And yeah. Stuff. yeah. Um, mm. So, I... I decided to start um, exploring a little bit of um, God help me, the Elder Scrolls fandom wikia. Oh, sure. And it says, Mm -hmm. well, but it says that um, Harriet is typically listed along with princes such as Molag Ball and Vermina as one of the few truly evil Daedric lords in the mortal man and mere sense of the word. (laughs) Which is weird. And then after that, it says, it is said that the goddess kind gives Harriet the souls of Skeevers Yep. When they die. And it's kind of like, okay, but why not like other creatures like flies and beetles? Oh, well, we just covered it maggots. because the, the skeever have a thematic link to Um But then, and I know the black fly is for, um, we just talked about her, Namira. Yes. Uh, the region of as the black fly. Great title, but but it, like, what? Where do maggots fit in? Oh, Namira, easy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess yeah, because like the uh, maggots are like the larvae of flight. Never mind. Okay. Because yeah. I remember one time, I remember one time as a kid, I found a dead bird. I took a stick and I flipped it over, and maggots came pouring out, and I almost threw up. That that yeah. feeling of revulsion. That's Namira. Yeah. To a T. The actual act of of, of vomiting. That's Periat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Did I ever tell you guys a story about uh, when I went to go see uh, glowworms in New Zealand? No, nope. Uh, S- it's, 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 not relevant. it's not relevant. So I won't. I won't tell it. But yeah, you know. no. T- t- tell us after stream. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, is there anything else you want to cover about Periite, the afflicted? No, I think we did pretty master, good. Dude, I don't really just... know what you guys have covered already, so I'm just kind of assuming. Well, I mean, we, we, we've done pretty much most of it. The only thing that I want to say is that we really, really, really want more of Periite. I yes. think we can all agree to that. Um, it's a very interesting Daedric Prince that is, you know, underdeveloped. And I will bet you if you asked any of the lore writers at ZOS, they'd agree with you. Um, it's uh, so, yeah, more more Periite, please. Um, to LJ, anybody who's get in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, so uh, uh, hold on. Who's next? Um, Daedric uh, Prince. Sanguine. Sanguine. Ooh. <laughs> This will be fun. You realize we, we all have to be wine drunk for that stream, right? Hmm. Uh, oh, we I don't know. I've, I've stopped doing drunk streams. <laughs> I used to do those back when I was playing Elder Scrolls Online on Twitch, and I stopped doing that. Uh, um. So, hey, hey, sex joke, right on, Matt. Um. So yeah. So that's uh, not this coming weekend, but the nineteenth. Which so, is like is that a maybe because Christmas and stuff. It is awfully close to Christmas, so if we yeah. can't work it out, then I'll let people know in the appropriate channels. Hmm? Andrew? Yep, and in the meantime, if you do have any questions, drop us a little email yes. at selectivelawcast at gmail.com, and we will mm-hmm. discuss What was the them. question that we got? I, oh, we I just it. saw the message earlier. Oh. Yeah, we covered it. <laughs> It was, a, it was an idea about yep. the Enantiomorph uh, in the Elder Scrolls uh, main questline, in this Skyrim oh, okay. main questline. Yeah. <laughs> so, cool. okay. Um, everybody wave goodbye. Bye, everybody. Bye.